You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Tuesday, July 5th of 2022. I am the host of the show, Lucas Smith, but I'm kind of feeling, you know, we're in halfway point. We're getting to the dog days. And if, for those of you who listened last week, you know that we've been waiting for, for a special guest to come on. It's time to welcome on the new co-host of Locked On Cardinals, J.D. Haffron. As he comes in here, you can see him on YouTube. You'll be able to hear him in just a moment on your podcasting platforms. J.D., welcome to Locked On Cardinals. Well, thank you so much, Lucas. It's uh, an honor to finally be here and joining you on the uh, Locked On Cardinals here. It's fun. It's going to be a blast. Hopefully, this will provide a different different aspect. You know, I think I've, I've provided some expertise, but you've been a, a Cardinal follower, Cardinal fan for quite some time. You've got some good opinions as well. It's going to be a good time to co-host with you for a little bit. But before we get into what the Cardinals need need to do, need to fix their just give a little bit of background on you for, for new listeners as we kind of start this new adventure together. All right. Uh, born and raised in, in St. Louis, which Love is it. how I became a Cardinal fan. Uh, the family is uh, diehard Cardinals and Blues fans. I don't want to you know, ne- neglect our Blues fans who might be out there <laughs> watching as well or listening, but uh, definitely baseball family. Uh, grew up playing, uh, grew up on the north side, uh, went to Patville High School because that's a question everybody in St. Louis <laughs> always asks everybody. Like, yeah. What high school did you go to? <laughs> Patville High School. So I uh, grew up uh, next to the airport. And uh, just had, had been a fan and got into uh, the radio business, broadcasting, um, quite some time ago. I, had, I started in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, is uh, where my first job was, and then moved out to Peoria, Illinois, which was tough because it was all Cubs fans up there. Yep. Lucas, and it's it's rough up there. <laughs> and uh, then I made my way uh, even more east over to Cincinnati, and everything was fine when I got here. They didn't mind us Cardinals fans so much. And then the brawl happened between yep. Brandon Phillips and Molina. And all of a sudden, I was the bad guy. And it's been tough living here, uh, being a Cardinals fan. But at the same time, it's been nice because you know, we usually beat them. So it's, it's True. Not, not all that difficult. But I don't know. It's, it's been an interesting journey in my life. But uh, I'm glad to finally be able to talk Cardinals with Cardinals mm-hmm. fans. And uh, this is, this is going to be really fun for me. I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, I'm glad you've been able to stay strong to your Cardinal fandom throughout all those different spots. Because I'm, I'm from Bloomington, <laughs> Illinois, which is just 45 minutes away from Peoria. So I'm yeah. very well accustomed to the, the the Cub fandom in Central Illinois, especially you know eight years ago whenever they were winning that, that useless seven-game series later in October. But that's a conversation for a different time. But nevertheless... I, I really don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> just block it out from, from my memory. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't remember that far back. <laughs> you mentioned talking Cardinal baseball. We just reached over halfway half, halfway point, and the, the the biggest thing I think you and I've been talking for the last couple weeks ago uh, that, that this team needs pitching. And I think that there's little to no question about that. Yes, you've got Matt's on the mend. You've got maybe Flaherty on the mend after the All Star break, but he's not going to be back until then. The bullpen piecing it together here and there, but at the end of the day, that the biggest weakness on this team, and it's a weakness I didn't foresee coming, was the pitching to to to, to date. The pitching has been underwhelming. It has. Um, something that last year I thought maybe the front office would have learned from was the fact of all the injuries. Remember, we couldn't get anybody to throw a strike last year. It right. was so difficult, and it was, oh, my gosh, it was mind-numbing watching it because you have this amazing defense behind them, right. and they they basically catch everything, and nobody can get the ball over the plate. You had injuries that led to people who weren't supposed to be in the majors yet starting for the team, 
And right. now we're kind of right back to it where injuries have depleted what looked like at the beginning of the year was going to be a strong starting rotation. Uh, honestly, the guy that I w- had the most questions about other than Flaherty, who was you know injured right off the bat, was Michaelis, who has been arguably our best pitcher overall, <laughs> you know, like right. I, I, I genuinely had no faith in him coming into the season because he hadn't proven anything since that first year with the team. And here we are again, and we're trying to find arms that can go five innings, throw strikes, use that defense the way it can be utilized to win more ball games. And uh, the halfway point where we're looking for starting pitching before the trade deadline comes up next month. Yeah, I think every team is going to be looking for pitching, and you have so many more teams in the race right now because of the extra couple wild, or the extra couple wild card spots. You're going to have six teams from the league make the playoffs, so everybody's in it. So realistically, to make the playoffs, I'll caveat this: to make the playoffs, this team doesn't need to get that much better, right? This is probably a playoff team right now as it stands, sure. with standings you are, but even projecting future wise. But to compete with the likes of the Dodgers the Mets, the Braves on the American League side, the Yankees, the Astros, you know, all those teams that are World Series hopefuls, this team needs to get a lot better, especially on the pitching front. And for our first real segment and first kind of collaboration, you've got some trade candidates that you think the Cardinals could go after. Who's your who's your number one? Who's the, who's the first one you want to discuss to who the Cardinals should go after? All right. So um, obviously with the trade deadline coming up, you've seen a lot of writings about certain guys who might be available. So what I did is I went to the standings. And as you mentioned, with the playoffs being this year where they expanded, I didn't want to use teams that were, I would say, within five games of the wild card spot, because those people are probably not going to make too many deals. Not at this point, you know, they right. might fall out a little bit later in the month. But um, as of right now, that's what I kind of broke it down to. So uh one of the targets I, I wanted, and he's quite expensive because he's got a, a few years left on his contract, will be Madison Bumgarner from Arizona. Um, just his demeanor. I love the fact that hitters are afraid of this guy. Yeah. Like he's he's just got an attitude that I think sometimes, you know, as as a Cardinal fan, you watch the team and you just you just it just they just seem how how people describe them as boring sometimes where they just yeah, didn't have like a fire. Of, yeah. Nolan Arenado shows up and he's got oh he's got all that fire and everybody falls in love with it and it's you know it's contagious that yeah. that type of attitude and imagine bringing that to your starting rotation. You know you've got Michaelis who's kind of the laid back kind of the clown in the locker room and stuff. <laughs> Matt's I don't even know if he speaks. I, mean, I don't right. know if I've ever heard him speak to be honest with you. Uh, you know and you got Wainwright the grizzled veteran who. Obviously, is a lot of fun, and we all enjoy him. But you don't have that one guy that's just got that, like he's just a mean, he's an angry guy out there on the mound, but yet can get the job done. And um, I, I don't know if he'll want to be traded from Arizona. From what I've gathered, he's from out there, and he enjoys being that close to where uh, you know where he has a home and everything. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll want to. His uh, he's got like a five team no trade clause. It, nobody seems to know if any who's on it and who's not. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't imagine the Cardinals would be on it for some reason because uh, it's not like a place where people are like, uh-uh, I don't want to be there. Hate but there, yeah. Um, yeah, but he's left-handed. He's durable. He doesn't get hurt all that often. He throws strikes. Um, I like him a lot. Again, though, his contract is the thing that you got to kind of be weary of because he did sign, I believe it was a five-year deal, maybe four. Mm-hmm. But he, he's got a couple years left on it. But again, I know it seems like Bumgarner is like 39 years old right now. He's 32. So That's even if you're going to ask, yeah. If he's got, if you're going to pick up two to three more years left, and you're going to, you know, thirty-five, that's not so bad these days. If he stays healthy, you don't mind that, right? I think that the other aspect too is that you're not. It's similar to what the Cardinals tried to do. I think with Lester and Hap last year, you're bringing somebody with, with playoff experience, 
Mm-hmm. And Madison Bumgarner arguably is one of the best World Series performances of all time up yeah. there with Bob Gibson's performance in 19 fill in the year that he was in the World Series. <laughs> Bob Gibson was incredible every time it seemed like. But you have that guy that that has, has been there done that. You know, he's got I think he was on all three Giants teams. I know he was on the latter two. I'm pretty sure he was on all three, but he was on at least two of them. Been there done that. I do agree with you though that contract does seem a little scary and the Cardinals kind of went big with the contract on on Matt, on Steven Matz. It hasn't worked out again minuscule minuscule right. um time so far off the off that contract but you also look at a guy like you know mike leak that similar type of contract five years 80 something million dollars did not work out for st louis right no. so that, that's my one counterpoint to that would be are the cardinals do a do they have the type of farm system they want to deplete for that kind of contract and b do they even want that contract in general you know i think that yeah. he, he's a great guy to bring in the clubhouse i think he's somebody that it's easy to cheer for when he's on your team and easy to cheer against when he's off it but i, I just don't know if that's the kind of price tag the Cardinals are willing to pay because I talk about this a lot you're not going to see Walker moved you're not going to see Gorman moved you're not going to see Liberatory you're not going to see Herrera like those top four guys in your prospect system they're not going anywhere and some of these guys that you might have on your list might desire that those teams might desire a top four in your system prospect so that would be my only counterpoint to Bumgarner but like surface level love the Bumgarner idea yeah, I think he'd be a great fit, but like you mentioned, uh, do you want to take on that money? Which is something, normally the Cardinals will try to find a cheaper path before they make a jump at something else. I mean, we know we know what they're like, and that's yeah. not usually their forte to go out and bring in another big contract. But I don't know, when you look at the way starting pitching and contracts are these days, is it really that expensive anymore, <laughs> what Madison right. Bumgarner makes? That's to be debated, but uh, he, he's one that I really, really like. Before we before we take our first break, is he your, your top one or is he just one that you want to start with? Give me your number one or your, your next best option for the Cardinals. Well, he's he's one of my most expensive. Okay, right, there's okay. Uh, there's plenty of lower level ones. Um, I I don't know if there's one that's all that much better than another one. A guy that I that came to mind was Noah Syndergaard. Again, he's expensive, but he's his contract's up at the end of this year. He uh, signed a twenty one million dollar one year deal with the Angels, who aren't going anywhere okay you've got otani you've got trout and that's it and they're not winning and since they had that disastrous losing streak they've they basically punted like they fired their manager and have moved on so Syndergaard, who uh he's not striking out people like he used to but again with this team you don't need that you don't need somebody who's whiffing eight nine batters a game let them put it in play that's fine especially at bush stadium a pitcher's ballpark So he's somebody that uh, the strikeout numbers aren't there, but his uh, his whip, his ERA, pretty good considering he's in the American League. He's just, uh, you know, you got to take on the rest of that contract. And what would it take to get him and the fact that his contract is up at the end of the season, you don't want to give up too much, and then you only yeah. have a couple of months of him and then be done. I think the Cardinals, too, aren't known, or at least to my recollection, aren't really known to go after those those rental-type players. You know, mm. They're not going to make the, the kind of deal that the, the Dodgers did for a Max Scherzer rental. You know, they're, they're not going to – not trying to compare Syndergaard and Scherzer. Like, they're different levels, obviously. But I do think yeah. that the, 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 the chance that Syndergaard turns into a rental is a real option. I think that, for example, a, a key accomplishment, Arenado, are the fact that they had chances to re-sign them. And Arenado, you had you, you extended the contract and you got the first two years for free. <laughs> yeah. And then with, with Goldschmidt, you had the spring training to work through a contract and sign them to long term. So even though that they got them and possible their last year of contracts, they were able to, to extend that. I don't know if Syndergaard is going to be that kind of package where you're able to, to, to get him. And again, similar to Bumgarner, that, that price, and you admitted it, 
is going to be tall to get center guard. So it, that, that, that's the challenge, right? It, you have to give to get, which is what we talked about off air a lot mm-hmm. over text and phone calls, but what are the Cardinals willing to give up? And I talked about this yeah. a little bit last week. Now we're going to go back and forth. We're going to talk about some packages, talk about some, some different people that, that might be on the trade market, might be on the trade block um, in a little bit. But first, I'm going to tell everybody about our title sponsor, and that is BlueNile.com. Because whether you're ready to pop the question, like I did six months ago, like JD did it a long time By the ago. way, congratulations, buddy. <laughs> Thank well you very done. much. Thank you very much. So whether you're, you're thinking about doing that or you just want to celebrate a milestone moment to get jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping, you can go to BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose between the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as style. Blue Nile Bench Jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind, just like your special someone. And if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble finding it, not to worry. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand. Seven, available via the phone or chat function to help you find a gift at any budget that is memorable. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners, that's you, get a podcast exclusive of $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress-free and find your forever peace by going to BlueNile.com today. Pitching, pitching, pitching. I think that in in my experience, pitching, you know, a good pitching staff's going to beat a good offense in, in a series. You know, maybe not in a wild card game or in a one game playoff, but in the course of a five or seven game series, which is hopefully what you, you're aiming to play in October. Good pitching is going to win. We talked about a couple of arms that we could see that we, you like the Cardinals going after Bumgarner, Syndergaard. I like Bumgarner a little bit more between those two because I think. I would like to have somebody with a little bit more control on them. You get a little bit more, you know, assurance, but then does that price go up? You know, you, you just don't know. So we, we're going to talk about packages in a little bit, but is there anybody else that, you know, because everybody goes to Montas. Frankie Montas is, is the guy that, that everybody yeah. flocks to. He, mm-hmm. I know he, he left his game yesterday, the day before some injury. I'm not sure the update on that. So that could change his market, but you, you've been cognizant to not name Montas because he's somebody that everybody might want and that, in all honesty, somebody might outbid the Cardinals for because of how willing that team might be willing to deplete a farm system. Who's one, maybe one or two more guys that you want to talk about is who the Cardinals should go after that's not Frankie Montas and why that's a good thing. All right, I'll give you, I'll give you another one that is right there who, in my opinion, actually is better than Montas, but they're really going to ask a lot. And that's Luis Castillo from the Reds. Okay. The <laughs> yeah. Reds aren't going to be trading with the Cardinals. So we don't really have to go too much into that one, but I would rather, if I was another team in the league, I'd be chasing him over Frankie by far. Luis Castillo yeah. is incredible. And getting to watch him here live from where I live is uh, he, he's something else, man. So uh, he's phenomenal. I, yeah, he's one. Um, there's another one that, that could be had, I would think, but his contract is bonkers. And uh, frankly, he's not all that great, but Patrick Corbin, from the Washington Nationals. He's had like one or yeah, exactly. No, he's had yeah. one or two games and that's been about it. He's been absolutely terrible, but you could probably get him if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as on the cheaper side of things, uh, let me throw this name at you. Having a, a career year this year, Texas Rangers, Martin Perez. That, that's a name that a couple weeks ago, months ago, they were throwing around in Cy Young contention, you know, that, yeah. that, that kind of name. And, you know, it might be a, a lightning in the bottle. You know, who knows how it's going to be long-term, but, Tell you what, if you can get what he's done the first two months and the last two or three, 
I mean, that elevates this rotation to another level. And then you're, you're talking, comparing yourself at least this year with how people are performing this year, comparing mm-hmm. yourself with the Brewers, you know, that, that kind of rotation based on the stuff that he's thrown at you this year. Now, with the Rangers, I would assume that the Rangers, remember how much money they just threw around in their <laughs> offseason, that they'll try to extend him or sign him to something before they actually, unless they get blown away by a deal. So I wouldn't expect Martin Perez, but he's a name out there. Uh, how about Zach Davies in Arizona? Somebody who throws strikes, not a power pitcher. Mm-hmm. He'll get he'll he'll get the job done. He's he's got good numbers this year for Arizona. He was somebody I thought the Cardinals would have looked la- looked at in the offseason as a cheap guy. I think he's under a, a one year, two and a half million dollar contract. It's not going to cost you anything. Does Arizona want to deal with the Cardinals again after uh, giving them Goldschmidt? <laughs> I don't know because uh, yeah. I know some people out in Arizona are like. I would never deal with you guys again. Never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. You robbed us. And I'm like, whatever. Not really. But I mean, yeah, I, I think that the thing with Davies is that if he was left-handed, I think that the Cardinals would have done what you said and gone out from the offseason. I think that that was the Steven Matz type move. And I think that all these moves, I understand, you know, people are probably going to be saying, well, this isn't a Frankie Montes level move. This isn't a Luis Castillo level move. And to that, I say the Cardinals have not made that level of move in season in quite some time. Yeah, I mean, it's just not their MO. And you, we, we can have a different discussion as to whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. We can have that discussion later. But I do think that to, to expect to get a number one or an ace-type pitcher in, in this market, first of all, is maybe you're setting your expectations too high. But also when you look at who the Cardinals are. I think adding a mm-hmm. Davis to this team elevates it. I, I really don't think any of the pitchers you mentioned makes this team worse, makes this rotation worse. I don't no. think any of them are going to be like, ooh, that's or, or stay the same. Like, I don't think any of them are saying, oh, that's that's the same as Dakota Hudson. That's the same as Adam. Like, no, I think all these guys will at least elevate a little bit. But who are who, who the Cardinals going to give up? Because you've got some options. The outfield and first base are backlogged. You've got O'Neill, Bader coming off injury. With the way they performed this year, especially O'Neill, he's put himself on the trading block, in my opinion. And I love what he did last year. And he's a 5-12 player. But he's on the block, in my opinion, or could be Paul DeYoung, who has 11 home runs at Year. Maybe somebody wants to, to retool his swing and to get him back on track. Alec Burleson, minor league prospect that probably should be in the major league, could be up there. Different packages for different teams. Lars Nootbaar, another one. Who are maybe your two or three guys that, that you are putting on the table in any trade that you're, for lack of a better phrase, okay with parting from because you're going to have to give up something. Yeah, we actually, me and you were texting about yeah. this uh, <laughs> just last week. Like, just, let's think about this because, I mean, you, the amount of rookies that are doing so well for the team right now up, oh up on the like where would they be without these guys right now right like, uh with the amount of injuries that have happened to them in the outfield and um you know i i, I kind of threw it out there too i was like all right what if you had to trade one of these guys and this guy <laughs> to get something like that um like o'neill like are you willing to tra- i mean he's 28 okay uh, hasn't quite figured it out. Had the, the great season last year, but the, that's the worst thing you can do is pay a guy for what he used to do and not what he is doing. Somebody would be a, attracted to a two-time gold glover, oh, back-to-back yeah. gold gloves. I mean, and corner outfield gold glove, you feel like you can probably find somebody. I mean, we've, we've been watching Yepes in left field, okay? That's Nightmare, true. right? That's Nightmare, true. right? Yeah. So you don't <laughs> want that level of defense out in left field, but... Let's be honest. Yep, is a first baseman, and they just stuck him out there due to injury. So um, you've got some guys that can that can go out there and play in the outfield. So um, he'd be somebody. What about Bader? Would you would you trade Harrison Bader? Like when he's healthy, 
this team usually wins, right? Yeah. He's got, he's got the energy that you like. Got the gold glove in center field. Seems to be doing pretty well at the plate. You know, he's he is what he is. Okay. He's not right. he's not gonna get he's never gonna hit 300. He may not ever hit 270, to be honest with you. But he's he's just got that energy. So he's kind of an important cog, but are you willing to you know lose him, put Carlson into center field where he originally came up playing? That's something that you could do. Yeah. I think that the the, the thing with Bader is that he, he doesn't need to hit 300 right, to, to be valuable on this team. And I think that the way this team is constructed almost makes him more valuable than O'Neal. And I, and I say that because you have the mashers. You've got yeah. Arnado, you've got Goldschmidt. Carlson will run into one every once in a while. Yepes missed – he hit a home run last night, and he missed a second one in his at bat in the, the first game, if you will, with the, with the delay. But early in the game, he missed a home run by about a foot and a half, so he could have had a two-home run day. So he's got power. You've got the mashers. And you have speed on this team, but you don't really have that, that guy like Bader. Nobody really has a guy like Bader if you want to get into it with the flow yeah. and the energy and everything. But I think that Bader is almost more valuable on this team. And an O'Neill offering up in a trade might get you a Montos or might get you a Syndergaard or somebody that is going to be more more pricey. Got some years of arbitration left. Maybe you mm-hmm. can not, not fix him because he's not completely broken, but you, you can retool him to what he was last year, right? You, you give O'Neill, maybe you throw in a Newt Bar, you throw in a Mason Wynn. You know, somebody, you know, the, the top 10 prospect, but not your yeah. top four, and Alec Burleson. Maybe you get Montas and, and a reliever. You know, the A's have a name that escapes from it, but they got a couple of bullpen pieces that, that have been talked in the market. So I think that if you want to get somebody like a Sooner Guard, a Bumgarner, you know, one of those more expensive guys that we've talked about, or, or a Castillo <laughs> or Kyle Hendricks, I think was another name we were throwing around in notes, I believe, but you're going to have to give up an O'Neill. And to be honest, if I had to pick one right now as we talk, on June, July 5th, 2022, am I giving up O'Neill or Bader? I'm giving up O'Neill. And it pains me to say that because of his year last year. But I, I agree yeah. that O'Neill is when I give up. An interesting one to me, Brendan Donovan, somebody that is valuable because he plays so many different spots. Is he valuable enough to keep on the team and not give up at a trade? Because he is slumping a little bit at the plate. So that might hurt his chances of not being traded. But he just he plays everywhere. Yeah. How do you give that up? You'd have to get a, a massive return. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, here's my thing with Donovan. He wasn't like a top prospect, you know, it wasn't as if he was like, Oh my gosh, we're bringing up this superstar. Finally, who can play everywhere? No, actually he just, we just kind of brought him up and he's in my opinion, he's outperformed himself. So I'd rather trade him while he's at his peak than when he comes back down to earth, which it will happen because I mean, he's not a 315 hitter where he's at now. He's over 300 still, but, um, he's been invaluable. I mean, you gotta be honest. Like we've, You've loved having him on team. He's kind of like in, uh, you know, how Tommy Edmond was when we first brought him up, where he was playing everywhere. He was playing yeah. the corner positions, uh, you know, in the outfield. He, he's playing up the middle. He can do it all. You love having those guys on your team. But if that is the tipping point to get an ace or a top two starter, I'm, I'm going to give him up. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not that uh, attached to him where he's uh, he's unmovable. Again, yeah. you got you to gotta give up to get something. Yeah, you, you can only mark so many people as unmovable. You know, obviously yeah. you're going to get uh, maybe Carlson gets that designation of guys on the fringe because obviously, like, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about Nolan Arnott or Paul Goldschmidt being unmovable because right. that goes without saying. But you're not going to give up a Carlson. You know, you're not going to give up an Edmund. And I already mentioned the prospects. You're not going to give up. You know, do do you trade a Kisner for somebody? Do you trade a Herrera? I don't think they will. But maybe in the way he performed in the major leagues, that offers him to move. But do you, do you trade a Kisner? Do you trade a Newt Bar? Uh, an Inmundo Sosa? You know, the backup shortstop for the Cardinals. 
I don't know. I think that it, it all depends on what the market shapes up to be and, and which echelon are you willing to go after, which, which yeah. echelon that, that we talked about. So all this negative talk about the Cardinals pitching aside, there have they been some good things in the good things on the pitching staff. Ryan Helsley, reliever of the year, in my opinion, anyone, as well as some really good things at the plate. So for our last segment on our first show together, which, by the way, even just 24 minutes in and has been a ton of fun, we're going to talk about the, the, some of the good things, and we're talking about the rookies and the offense that have been two of the brightest spots in this Cardinal lineup this season. So talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, this off episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto, because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now almost impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you will ever need. Don't endure pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter looks up their computer, what their warehouse happens to carry, and offer you their specific price point. You can save time and money with rockauto.com. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could possibly need. I'm going to go order a headlight when I'm done with this show myself. But You can also get brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet if you need some new carpet for your car as well. Go explore their easy-to-use website today rockauto.com you can see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on and they're how did you hear about this box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need you can find them at rockauto.com it's been the year of the rookies for the cardinals this year so far JD, and there's a lot to choose from. You got Palante. You do have Donovan, even though we just kind of talked about him as a trade piece. Yepes, Gorman. Who's your favorite one to watch this year so far? Just this year. Not talking about future with the team, but just this year, who's been your favorite to watch? Oh, I, I'm completely attracted to Nolan Gorman. I, I love it. I don't I don't care if he strikes out. I love seeing him take that mighty hack, and his hands are so quick, and he's buff, and he's beautiful. He's an amazing talent. Like I, I, He's one of those guys, I'll tell you, he could be a face of the franchise type of thing. Just the, the his demeanor, he seems great uh, as far as clubhouse. He seems willing to learn. He doesn't seem cocky. Like He's just out there doing his thing, and uh and he's still learning a new position. He's still learning yeah. to play second base. And he's gotten better, let's be honest. I mean, every, everybody's going to have hiccups. Uh, even the best second baseman make errors. Nolan Arenado is making errors over there. It happens. It's okay. Right. We can't freak out every time the guy boots a ball. Okay? Now, if he makes four or five errors in a game, all right, let's sit him down. But <laughs> right. it hasn't really been that bad yet. And uh, I feel like he's improved. Sky's the limit for this guy, man. I, I can't get enough. Give me all the Nolan Gorman I can possibly handle. I love it. I, I I totally agree. You know, it's it's the Gorman that that hits a home run every couple of games that, that that you can live with the strikeout. And so far, we're, we're seeing that. And honestly, you know, I feel like it, it comes in a game or two bunches with, with Gorman because, uh, like, long term, I really don't think we see a lot of strikeouts. But it's those little two games in a row where he'll strike out six times. You know, I think he struck out three times. Looking on Sunday Night Baseball, and he had the air in the field. So you have games, but as you mentioned, rookie, mm -hmm. new position, these things will happen. A guy who I love and that I don't think gets enough credit, even from me, Andre Pallante. You mentioned where would this team be without the rookies. Where would this team be without Andre Pallante? He's done mm -hmm. remarkable work in the bullpen. He's turned in phenomenal starts on the mound. He's been just exceptional, in, in, in my opinion. This rotation would, would suffer without him. This bullpen would suffer without him. The only question for me with Pallante would be, where do you, where do you, where do you put him? Where is he needed most? Right now, it's the rotation. Earlier yeah. on, it was the bullpen. 
you could argue right now it's still the bullpen, but you could also argue you, you could argue <laughs> both ways. That's how yeah. good he's been. That's not like he has glaring numbers one way or the other. You know, like Packy Norton has struggled at the as a starter this year, but been really good as a bullpen. No, Palante is so good at both at both aspects of it that he can put him whatever and makes this team valuable. But I don't think we could go really any show, JD, without talking about the man, the myth, the legend that is Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, yeah. this man is, is doing MVPs type stuff this year. And I said this quote a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think it was late June, mid mid June, that I don't use this phrase lightly. I don't think anybody should. He was having an Albert Pujols type run, like a prime Albert type season at one point, hit, hitting a home run like every other day. And Pujols, or excuse me, Goldschmidt, A, should start in the All Star game in, in a couple weeks. And B, in my opinion, is trending towards the MVP. Yeah, I I have no reason to disagree <laughs> with you whatsoever. Um, even even the national people are, are they're, they're on board too. They're like, uh, the, the thing is, he's not a sexy guy. Like he yeah. just goes out, does his work. He, he's so he's such a cardinal guy. It's disgusting. <laughs> like he was <laughs> so boring. Tra- yeah, when they <laughs> traded for him, everyone's like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. This is where he belongs. Um, but he just goes out, does his business, and you know he leaves the talking up to other guys on the team, you know. And I, it's been a pleasure watching him this year because you know two years ago he comes in and uh, you know he's he's doing all, he always struggled at the beginning of the year, and then mm-hmm. this year he had that amazing spring training. Remember, everybody was like, "Oh my yeah. gosh, he's he's doing something different." And everybody had to talk about his hockey puck bat, where it's yeah. at the bottom, <laughs> different net in the knob. Yeah, that was a big thing that was going around, but. Um, Honestly, I mean, I think it's stability with uh, Arenado yeah. batting behind him every night. Uh, they're not flip-flopping the, the lineup, uh, which was something that Schilt used to kind of do once in a while. He kind of moved everybody around. So um, he's, there's nothing to say but good things about Paul Goldschmidt, whether it's the, the glove, the base running, yeah. all the little things. Everything he does has just been fantastic. And, um, yeah, he should be starting. And right now, definitely – the leader in the clubhouse for the NL MVP for sure. Yeah. And I think that the only negative thing you could try and say, if you wanted to make one up is that he and Arenado have not been hot at the same time. That's the only <laughs> negative thing you could say is that those two seem to get hot at different points. You know, Nola yeah. won player of the month in April uh, and it was Goldschmidt in June. And now that they're both kind of plateauing is, you know, playing it to their level. But I think that seeing Goldschmidt take the MVP step has been, has been nice, but also seeing Arenado, Last year, he had his moments. He had the moment on, on the home opener. He had a couple – like, even he said last year was a complete disappointment. And if, if you're disappointed hitting 30 – what, 34 home runs, driving in 100 runs, <laughs> oh, yep. boy, the next year's going to be scary. And this year, he, he's proven that. He's hitting, you know, upwards of, of 280 going into play yesterday. I think he got 18, 19 home runs, playing, again, platinum level third base. I think this is finally the year, year two of Golden Auto, that we're seeing them kind of take that next step together. Uh, you know, just taking peaks at different time. And over the course of 162, they've been phenomenal to watch, and they will be. Yeah, yeah I think- I have nothing but great things to say about Nolan as well. By the way, I was wondering, how many teams have had two Nolans on their roster and in their starting question. lineup at the same time? Because that's not a normal name. They no. don't <laughs> find Nolans everywhere, and there you go. Uh, I was talking to the wife about that the other night. I was like, isn't that weird? Don't you find that weird that we have two Nolans? And then they hit back-to-back jacks, and it was like... <laughs> Double Nolans coming at you. It was awesome. But yeah, uh, Arnado. Yeah, Arnado's amazing. Like, yeah. it's, it's, 
he makes everything over at third so much easier. Everything that he makes everything look routine, even though they're the most difficult throws, the way he positions his body to get his arm at an angle to make rocket throws across the infield. Like mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. We are uh, completely spoiled and I will thank the Colorado Rockies every day oh for sending goodness. him our way. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Dick Monfront was their GM at the time. Thank you very much for, for giving $50 million and taking Austin Gomber and a few other Cardinals off, off their <laughs> hands. But yeah, I saw Nolan, we're running out of time, but I saw Nolan make one of his Nolan plays in person a couple months ago. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like, like it, it literally looked like it was me just filling a ground ball and throwing to first. Like that's how effortless it was, and yeah. uh, you, we're, we're definitely spoiled. The Cardinals have had their fair share of good first baseman and good third baseman at the same time. Pujols rolling this era right now is Goldschmidt and Arenado, so uh, it's it's been a good time. So this was a good time, JD. That this this co-hosting thing is gonna be fun. We're very excited. Cardinals. Uh, in the middle of a bit of a skid, losing four or five, playing against yeah. the, the Braves tonight. It's going to be, you know, Braves are one of the best teams in baseball, right? Uh, one of the hottest teams in baseball. The hottest teams right that's now better, as well. <laughs> that's the better way to put it. But I think best case scenario, Cardinals got got to find a way to split uh, this four game set against the Braves. Uh, last night was ugly with Dakota Hudson. I think that that kind of for me, yeah, you know, I don't know if it did for the Cardinals, but for me, putting the nail in the coffin for Dakota. I was so high on him for so long, but I just think he, he yeah. has not shown the ability to be consistent with it uh, since Tommy John. I think that that's kind of a big yeah. bummer for me with Hudson. Yeah, that is something that you got to remember is that he is coming back from a severe arm injury and, you know, it takes more people a little bit longer. I'm not, not everybody's Wainwright where they just pop back, no big deal, <laughs> and do they will do what they do. So I'm willing to, you know, wait it out, but I don't know if I want him in my rotation anymore. Maybe he can go figure things out down in Memphis, but uh, if you're not going to throw strikes up here in the show, then I, I just, I get so frustrated with that that it just drives me nuts. Yep. So, just give me somebody who can throw strikes. I'll take any of these guys. What's Wade Miley doing these days with the Cubs? Bring him in. He'll <laughs> throw strikes at least. Throw some ground oh, balls. That's, there's another name for you in the, uh, in the in the trade rumor mill. Another one in division, which will be costed probably an arm and a leg. So, Palante, Michaelis, and Libertor, the next three with the Cardinals, 620 Central Time, starts for the next three days. J.D. and I will be talking all about it over the course of this week, and as things get closer to the trade deadline, I'm going to continue these conversations as we hear reports. Be sure to stay tuned to Locked On Cardinals. Subscribe to YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at LJ Fastball. You can see it down there if you're watching. He's JD Sports Radio. You can see it down there as well. Uh, anywhere you can find podcasting, you can find the Locked On Cardinals podcast. So from JD and myself, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.